Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Remember by Avram Goldhar and Tehem Masechus Ksubis Daf Pei. The eighth parak Isha Shanaflu. The Zichud Masechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the mission on the bottom Daf Ein Tes Amabe stated, Hamotzi Hotzal Sal Nichzei Ishtov once spent money on his wife's Malug property and then divorced her. Hotzi Vulachal. If he only spent but didn't consume, Yeshava Kama Hotzi Vigito. Let him swear how much he spent and receive the compensation. On this stuff, referring to swearing how much he spent, Riyasi said, And this is so only when the value of the improvement is against the expenses. Only then does the husband take an oath and receive compensation. Abai said, Riyasi's statement teaches that if the value of the improvement was greater than the expenses, he takes compensation for the expenses without swearing an oath. Rabbi said to Abai that if this is so, Asila Arume, the husband will come to act deceitfully by saying he spent more than he did and not have to take an oath as long as the number is a little less than the value of the improvement. Rather, Rabbi Asi is coming to teach that if the expenses were greater than the value of the improvement, he only receives compensation for expenses in the amount of the improvement and only with an oath. Point two was asked, What's the halacha? If the husband sold his wife's malug land for its produce, meaning he sold his rights to the produce. Do we say, that whatever one has acquired, he can sell? Or do we say, the Rabbanu made the takana that the produce of the malug field is for the husband, it was so that the household will profit and the husband will be generous to his wife. In that case, they didn't grant him the ability to sell his rights to the produce. Yehuda Mar Bar Moremar said in the name of Rab, Masha Asa Asli, what the husband has done, he's done. What Papa said in the name of Rabbah, well, the husband has not accomplished anything. After a Papa demonstrates that Yudamar Barmaremer's quote of Rabbah is wrong, and the Gemara says the halacha is that the husband has not accomplished anything, the Gemara asks, what is the reason for his ruling? Abai said, we're concerned that the field will be allowed to deteriorate. Rashi explains that the buyer might not invest in it, for he's fearful that it'll be taken away in the event the marriage ends. He might only plant without fertilizing it. Rava said, Mishum Revach Besa, so that the household will profit and the husband will be generous. The Gemara brings three nafkaminas between the two reasons. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah states, Shomer's Yavim Shenafu in the Chosim. If a Shomer's Yavim inherited property from her father, both Beishamah and Beishilah agree, Shomacheres Minosenes Fakayam, that she may sell it or give it away, and the transfer stands. Mesa, if she dies before Yibam was done, what is done with her ksuba? And with the properties that enter and leave with her, referring to Nixemalug, which the husband has a right to use during the marriage and keep whatever crops or income it produces. The husband's heirs divide them with the father's heirs. But Basil says, The property stays with the one who possesses them, meaning the ksuba stays in the possession of the husband's heirs and the Nixemalug stay in the possession of the father's heirs. If the Yavam married the Yavama, she is like his wife in all matters. Except that the Chiyav to pay the Ksuba rests upon the first husband's estate. So once again, the three points are number one. The mission on the bottom daf Ein Tes Amabe stated, Hamotzi Hotzal Sal Nixay Ishtov once spent money on his wife's Maluk property and then divorced her. Hotzi Vulachal, if you only spent but didn't consume, Yeshava Kama Hotzi let him swear how much he spent and receive the compensation. On this stuff, referring to swearing how much he spent, Riyasi said, And this is so only when the value of the improvement is against the expenses. Only then does the husband take an oath and receive compensation. Abai said, Riyasi's statement teaches that if the value of the improvement was greater than the expenses, he takes compensation for the expenses without swearing an oath. 
Rabbi said to Abai that if this is so, Asila Arume, the Hazma will come to act deceitfully by saying he spent more than he did and not have to take an oath as long as the number is a little less than the value of the improvement. Rather, Rabbi Asi is coming to teach that if the expenses were greater than the value of the improvement, he only receives compensation for expenses in the amount of the improvement and only with an oath. Point to was asked, What's the halacha? If the husband sold his wife's malug land for its produce, meaning he sold his rights to the produce, do we say, that whatever one has acquired he can sell? Or do we say, the Rabbanu made the takana that the produce of the malug field is for the husband, it was so that the household will profit and the husband will be generous to his wife. In that case, they didn't grant him the ability to sell his rights to the produce. Yehuda Mar Bar Maremar said in the name of Rav, Masha Asa Asui, what the husband has done, he's done. What Papa said in the name of Rabbah, Lo'asav the husband has not accomplished anything. After a Papa demonstrates that Yudamar Barmaremer's quote of Rav was wrong, and the Gemara says the halakha is that the husband has not accomplished anything, the Gemara asks, what is the reason for his ruling? Abai said, Chashin Shematoxik, we're concerned that the field will be allowed to deteriorate. Rashi explains that the buyer might not invest in it, for he's fearful that it'll be taken away in the event the marriage ends. He might only plant without fertilizing it. Rabbi said, Mishum so that the household will profit and the husband will be generous. The Gemara brings three nafkaminas between the two reasons. And point with three, the next Mishnah states, Shomer's Yavim Shanafu in the Chosin. If a Shomer's Yavim inherited property from her father, both Beishamah and Beishulah agree, Shomacherism Nosenis Fakayam, that she may sell it or give it away, and the transfer stands. Mesa, if she dies before Yibam was done, what is done with her ksuba? And with the properties that enter and leave with her, referring to Nixim Alug, which the husband has a right to use during the marriage and keep whatever crops or income it produces. Beishamai say, Yochaloku Yorshe'abal im Yorshe'ab. The husband's heirs divide them with the father's heirs. But Basila says in the Chasim Becheskasan, the property stays with the one who possesses them, meaning the Ksuba stays in the possession of the husband's heirs, and the Nixim Eluk stay in the possession of the father's heirs. Kanasa Kodavra, if the Yavam married the Yavama, she's like his wife in all matters. except that the Chiyav to pay the Ksuba rests upon the first husband's estate. Alright, so now we go to our Simadah pay, and our standard Simon is a painter. A painter. So here goes. The painter who invested in improving his wife's outdoor art studio, Batsano Profits, before he divorced her, got a message that the sale of his rights to her Malog land didn't accomplish anything, and he'd have to split the inheritance his Shomer's Yavim received with her family, since she just passed away. Once again, in slow motion. The painter, painter, that must be learned off pay. The painter who invested in improving his wife's outdoor art studio, but saw no profits before he divorced her, which reminds us, the mission on the bottom of Dav Ein Tes Amabe stated, If one spent money on his wife's Malog property and then divorced her, if he only spent but didn't consume, let him swear how much he spent and receive the compensation on this Dav, referring to swearing how much he spent, Rabbi said, And this is so only when the value of the improvement is against the expenses. Only then does the husband take an oath and receive compensation. Abai and Rabbi disagree on what Rabbi Asi is coming to teach. So the painter who invested in improving his wife's outdoor art studio, but saw no profits before he divorced her, got a message that the sale of his rights to Malogland didn't accomplish anything, which reminds us it was asked, What is the halacha if the husband sold his wife's Malogland for its produce, meaning he sold his rights to the produce? Do we say, that whatever one has acquired he can sell, or perhaps not? 
But Papa said in the name of Rabbu, the husband is not accomplishing anything. The Gemara asked, what's the reason for his ruling? Abai said, Chashin and Shemataksev were concerned that the field will be allowed to deteriorate. Rashi explains that the buyer might not invest in it, for he's fearful that it will be taken away in the event the marriage ends. He might only plant without fertilizing it. Rabbi said, Mishum so that the household will profit and the husband will be generous. The Gemara brings three nafkaminas between the two reasons. So, the painter who invested in improving his wife's outdoor art studio, but saw no profits before he divorced her, got a message that the sale of his rights to a Malog land didn't accomplish anything, and that he'd have to split the inheritance his Shomer's Yavim received with her family, since she just passed away. Which reminds us, the next mission stated, if a Shomer's Yavim dies before Yibam is done, what is done with her Ksuba, and with properties that enter and leave with her, referring to her Nixmelug, the husband's heirs divide them with the father's heirs, but Basilo say, the property stays with the one who possesses them, meaning the Ksuba stays in the possession of the husband's heirs, and the Nixmelug stay in the possession of the father's heirs. So once again, the painter who invested in improving his wife's outdoor art studio but saw no profits before he divorced her got a message that the sale of his rights to her Malog land didn't accomplish anything and that he'd have to split the inheritance his Shomer's Yavim received with her family since she just passed away. All right, now it's time for four blah bag Chazara. Dafine Vav. So the similar Dafine Vav is an IV tube or bag. So here goes. The newly married nurse with the IV bag. IV bag? That must be more in Dafine Vav. The newly married nurse with the IV bag who just told her husband who discovered her womb, Manali Biyadcha, which reminds us Ravashi interpreted the Mishnah Daf Ein Hamanov to be the ratio where she's still in her father's house is equivalent to someone saying, Manali Biyadcha, you owe my father a mana. Since the girl is only Mukudeshes, and if she were to get divorced, the Ksuba would go to her father, and she's still a minor, the claimant against her husband is her father. Therefore, the Chazaka of her body cannot be used to support his claim. And the safer where the defect is discovered after she's married is equivalent to someone saying, you owe mana, since in that case the ksuba is paid to her. Therefore, her chazaka supports her claim for the ksuba. So the newly married nurse with the IV bag who just told her husband who discovered her moom, Manalibiyadcha, ignored the pleas of a donkey owner to hook it up to his dead donkey so he could try to keep a newly acquired cow. Which reminds review said in the name of Shmuel, Amachli Parabachamor, if someone exchanges a cow for a donkey, Mashach Balchamor, a para, and the original owner of the donkey pulled the cow to affect the Kenyan, but the owner of the cow did not have a chance to pull the donkey before the donkey died, as it was in a different location at the time, and he now claims that the donkey died before the cow was pulled, so that the Kenyan never took effect. It's on the owner of the donkey to bring proof that his donkey was still alive at the time the cow was pulled. If he could not prove it, he must return the cow to its original owner. So, the newly married nurse with the ivy bag who just told her husband who discovered her womb, Manali Biyadcha, ignored the pleas of a donkey owner to hook it up to his dead donkey so he could try to keep a newly acquired cow and brought it instead to the young woman who had an epileptic seizure. Which reminds us, the Mishnah had stated that the Chamim said that the rulings were stated with regards to defects in unexposed parts of the body. Rav Nachman said, An epilepsy where seizures cause the woman to fall to the ground is like defects in unexposed parts of the body. And the Mora clarifies that this is only when the condition has a fixed time so the woman can conceal it by not going out. But if the time is not fixed, it's like a defect in an exposed part of her body since her condition is probably known. Daf Ein Zayn. So the simmer Daf Ein Zayn is a goat, an A's. So here goes. The dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides. Goat? That must be more on Daf Ein Zayn. 
The dejected tenor carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, which reminds Vermeer said, concerning all the repulsive men, such as a tenor and a gather of excrement, that a woman may divorce, Afopisha Hisnima, even if he had stipulated with her that she would marry him, despite his defects, she can say later, I thought I'd be able to tolerate, but now that I see I can't. But the Chavim say, if he made a stipulation with her, she must tolerate the defect against her will, except for Mukhashkin, because by having relations with him, she causes his flesh to fall apart. So the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, met up with his Mukhashkin friend suffering from Rasan, who was learning with a rabbi, which reminds Rabbi Yossi said, a Zakrin from Yushayim told me that there are 24 kinds of Mukhashkin, and concerning all of them, he said that marital relations are harmful for them, Ubali Rasan, Kashmakun, and those afflicted with Rasan. Marital relations are more harmful than the others. After the war mentions a Marim who took precautions from getting too close to those with Rasan, it brings Rabbi Shubin Levi who stuck close to them, and was involved in Torah learning as he learned that the Torah will certainly protect those that already have it. So the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, met up with his Mukhashkin friend suffering from Rasan, who was learning with a rabbi, who then jumped over a fence into a beautiful garden that looked at Gan Eden, never to be seen again, which reminds us of the story of Rabbi Shubin Levi and the Malchimavis and Rabbi Shubin Levi's leaping into Gan Eden. Dafayin Ches, so the Simr Dafayin Ches is a child going, Ach. So here goes. The young Chassan went, Och, Och, that must be learned Dafayin Ches. The young Chassan went, Och, when he was told that the property his Arusa inherited and sold is not his since the sale was good. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the 8th parak begins, if a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then became an Arusa, Beishamah and Beishil agree, Shalmecheres Menosenes Vakayim, that she may sell or give them away, and the transfer stands. If she inherits the properties after becoming an Arusa, Beishamah say, she may sell them, but Beishil say she may not sell them. They both agree that if she sells them or gives them away, the transfer stands. So the young Chassan went, Ugh, when he was told that the properties of Rus inherited and sold is not his since the sale was good, heard a young child go, Ugh, Ugh, and say he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve properties she received and then sold as a Nasua. Which reminds us, the mission continues, Rabbi Yudah said, Since he gained possession of the woman in that she is his Arusa, should he not gain possession of the properties? replied, Concerning the new property she required after becoming a Nasua, we're ashamed that the Rabbanim permitted the husband to retrieve them from the buyers, and you wish to impose on us the old properties, a limitation on her ability to sell the properties she acquired and sold as an Arusa? So the young Chassan went, Ugh, when he was told that the property his Arusa inherited and sold is not his since the sale was good, heard a young child go, Ugh, Ugh, and say he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve properties she received and then sold as an Asua. And now after Usha, he can even inherit the Nixi Meluk she sold after she died. Which reminds us, the mission state regarding an Asua inherited properties, if she inherited them after becoming an Asua, everyone agrees that if she sold them or gave them away, the husband can take them from the buyers. The asks, isn't this the Takana of Usha which existed after the time of the Mishnah? And the Gemara answers, our mission is dealing with the status of the field during her lifetime. It refers to the produce of the land. Whereas the Takana of Usha is Bekufa deals with the land itself and refers to its status after his wife's death. Rashi explains that the Mishnah doesn't mean that the sale is totally void. It's only void with regard to the husband's right to remove the produce. If she then dies, the husband loses that right. In Usha, they enacted the husband inherits even the property itself. Dafine test. So the symbol Dafine test is an eight, a pen, and we use a sofa, a scribe. So here goes. It was a rough day for the sofa. Sofa. That must be on Dafine test. Eight. 
It was a rough day for the sofa who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing, which reminds us, the Gemara brings an incident of a woman who wanted to keep her properties out of the reach of her prospective husband and wrote them over as a gift to her daughter. She got married and subsequently divorced and came before Rav Nachman to demand that her daughter return the property. And he tore up the star. He ruled the star wasn't valid because she never really intended the transfer. So it was a rough day for the sofa who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing when he saw his wife standing in the new field she bought with her inheritance money instead of the house he wanted. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses cases in which the husband and wife disagree on what type of real estate to buy with their inheritance money. Pshita ar ubate ara. It's obvious that if one spouse wants to buy land and the other wants to buy a house, they buy land. Rashi explains they both can insist on land because it's better for them. The husband can say he wants the land because the produce is greater. And the wife can say she wants the land and not the house because a house is liable to depreciate. So it was a rough day for the sober who just ripped up the shtarm of Rachas. He had spent hours writing when he saw his wife standing in the new field she bought with her inheritance money instead of the house he wanted. Holding her shift from Malog's baby that belonged to her, which reminds us, it was taught in a brice of Vlad Behemoth's Malug Labal, Vlad Shivcha's Malug Laisha. The offspring of Malug Anna belongs to the husband. The offspring of Malug Shivcha belongs to the wife. But Hananya ben Achiyoshia says, Asa Vlad Shivcha's Malug, Kavlad Behemoth's Malug. They make the offspring of a Malug Shivcha like the offspring of a Malug animal, and the husband receives both. The reason, according to the time of the Kama, that the offspring of the Malug Shivcha belongs to the wife is that we're concerned that the mother may die, therefore the offspring becomes the principal. All right, now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which to be in the Rav Nachman Torpa Shtar Mavrachas because the woman never intended to transfer her property? That's on Duff. Ein test. Good. Number two, which stuff do we have the mice of Rabbi Shubin Levi and the Malcham Mavis? That's on Duff. Ein Zayn. Good. Number three, which stuff do we have in epileptic seizures that come at set times are considered a Mum Shavasaser, a concealed Mum? That's on Duff. Ein Vav. Good number four. Which stuff do we have Malchus Beisham Beisila if a Yavim splits the inherited property? Is Shomer's Yavim received with her family in the event that she dies? That's on Duff. Pay. Good number five. Which stuff do we learn if a husband and wife disagree on what type of real estate to buy with their inheritance money? A land or a house? The one who chooses land wins. That's on Duff. Ein Test. Good number six. Which of the Beisham and Beisila agree that if a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then sold it after she was in Arusa, the sale stands. That's on Duff. Ein Ches. Good number seven. Which of the husband is not allowed to sell his rights to the peros of his wife's Niximalug? That's on Duff. Pay. Good number eight. Which of the in Usha they enacted that the husband inherits the Niximalug, the wife's soul? That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which of the in the Roman Gamliel said that we're already embarrassed that the properties a Nasua sells can be retrieved, and now we want to place a limit on an Arusa? That's on Duff. Good. And number ten. Which Duff do we discuss what is done if one invested in his wife's Nixmeluk but didn't realize any profit before he divorced her? That's on Duff. Pay. Excellent. That concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.